There certainly weren't any answers to be found there. The Outline, World Dispatch. It's Monday, November 13th, 2017. I'm Adrian Jeffries. Today on the show, Owen Phillips goes to Mississippi to meet the people learning to use guns for church security teams. Here's the dispatch. Power. Owen, when did you first come across the idea of church security teams? Back in September, there was a shooting at a church in Antioch, Tennessee, uh, just about a small town outside of Nashville, in which an armed shooter came in and shot and killed a member of a church. Today, the doors of the Burnett Chapel Church of Christ were boarded up, flowers left outside, just feet from this blood-stained SUV parked out front. Police here say they have now recovered four guns, two from inside the church and two others. Uh, the next day, there was an article in the local paper in Mississippi about what local churches are doing to protect against incidents like that. So you're from Mississippi? Yeah, I'm from, I'm from Raymond, Mississippi, which is just outside of Jackson. So what was the tone of the, of the piece that you read? Um, it was about this shooting range and this instructor out in Forest, Mississippi, which is basically 45 minutes east of Jackson. And it was about this guy named Clyde Morgan who was teaching local churches and certifying them to become church security teams. It's helpful to understand that in 2016, Mississippi passed the Church Protection Act, which allows a church to take members of their congregation, put them through a course, a one-time eight-hour course, and then they can become certified members of a church security team, which protects them from civil liabilities while acting in their official security duties of the church. Fire! Uh, so about... Not this past weekend, but the weekend before that, I went to a church security team training class with Clyde Morgan down in Forest, Mississippi. By being on a church security team, you agree to take human life, to kill somebody. He has this big speech that he gives to every church security team training class and that there are four things you're agreeing to do if you're on a church security team class. And one of the things is that you're willing to lay down your life for somebody else if need be. I know what it feels like when your life's not worth a nickel but by being on this team, that's what you're willing to do. The quote that stuck with me the most is that he believes that... The age of terrorism has not yet come. It's going to get worse. He said, it's easy to get guns, it's cheap to get guns. It's not hard to inflict terror, basically, on the public. So who were the people who showed up for this? Were they people who seemed like they were experienced with guns? Yeah, that was one of the interesting and most shocking things to me was to find that everyone kind of varied in levels of experience. And while he's doing that, tell me the name and caliber of the gun you're shooting. There were 10 people that were attending the course uh, from at least two different churches, maybe three. Be careful because it only shot one. The Church Protection Act requires that if you are to serve on a church security team, you need to have an enhanced carry permit. So presumably you are somewhat of experience with a gun. Uh, But that day, not everybody already had their enhanced carry permit. So we had people who had just bought their first gun the day before. And then we had some people who had been shooting since they were a kid. 
Yeah, they, it hangs up. It hang. It hung up on me one time. Do you have another gun? No. I just bought that one. I've got a spare revolver. I'll be right back. Okay. Did you get a sense of how people felt about the issue of trying to defend themselves with violence, um, like in specifically a Christian context, a church context where you're supposed to be on sacred grounds, you're supposed to be there to worship? How do you get into that spiritual space when part of your brain is thinking somebody might come through the door at any moment and I might have to draw my weapon? Right. Well, this is where it gets really interesting because if you talk to one guy, one guy I spoke to, a guy named Caleb, he was there at the training session because he wanted to become a certified member of a church security team. Uh, but he told me his church wasn't into the idea of arming members to service protection. We come from a very conservative background with a lot of very conservative older people who would make the argument God protects his children. They would make the argument that a church shouldn't have guns in it. They would make the argument that a Christian should not carry a gun in church because God will protect them. I offer a little bit different argument. Mm -hmm. God protected me by putting a brain between my ears and giving me the ability to defend myself. Not only did he give me a brain, but he also gave me the responsibility to protect people that, that can't protect themselves. Not everyone I talk to thinks it's a good idea to arm amateurs. I visited Ken Winter, executive director of the Mississippi Association of Police Chiefs. This is a situation where uh, you have enabling legislation that put together a security team, gives them the authority basically to use deadly force if needed. When a shooting starts, you don't know what's going to happen. Frankly, myself, I don't think I'd want to be sitting in, in, a, in a location where individuals who the, the most mandatory training that they have is an eight-hour course on how to handle a firearm. That's all that's required. I mean, gosh, it takes longer than that to get your driver's license. I actually called up a guy named Jeff Mathwig. He works over at the Center for Homicide Research, which is based in Minnesota. And Jeff spends a lot of his time looking at trends in shootings at churches in particular trying to capture with this database is a clear picture of what church shootings really look like. Um, so a lot of times there can be misconceptions about what a church shooting is, and that can make prevention efforts difficult. Uh, for example, if everyone thinks that mental illness is the issue causing mass shootings in a place of worship, well, then the focus of prevention efforts are going to be on mental illness, which in reality only makes up 12% of church shootings. They came up with a database from 1980 to 2005 that looked at the number of shootings at churches, and there were about five and a half a year on average. Five and a half a year? Five and a half a year. Half of them end in, like, no one getting killed. Like, in a church shooting, like, a, sh a gun goes off, but someone's maybe injured, but not necessarily killed. One trend that we're starting to notice already is that it does seem like church shootings are happening more frequently. They're now updating the database between 2006 and 2016, and although the database isn't complete, Jeff gave us a little sneak peek and told us that the number of shootings now has doubled at churches. We're looking at about 11 on average a year. 
So what day were you at the range with Clyde Morgan? Uh, I was there on November 4th. Uh, so that was not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before that. The very next day uh, was November 5th, in which 26 people were killed in Sutherland Springs, Texas, 27 if you include the shooter himself. Multiple people have been shot at a church in Sutherland Springs, located east of San Antonio. Kelly had three guns in his possession Sunday morning. According to police, Kelly legally purchased the Ruger attack rifle he used in the shooting. So a few hours after the shooting in Texas, I went back to Clyde's house at his home in Brandon, Mississippi, uh, just to hear his reaction to see if his perspective had changed at all. Yeah, so I guess we could just start talking about, I guess, what happened today in Texas. How does that make you feel? Well, I don't, I don't have an answer for that. I don't know that anyone does. I know the, the guns will be blamed, and that's the obvious thing that, that everyone will key on. But do you have a spare tire and a jack in your car or truck? Of course. Why? You want to get out and change a tire? Well, no, you don't want to, but you might have to. You might have to. But the, the, the difference with, the, the problem with that analogy is that I'm not going to hurt anybody if something goes wrong when I'm trying to change my tire, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, and that's the real, that's the rub. So at one point when I was talking to Clyde, he said, let me show you something. And he walks over to the windowsill and he peels back the curtain. When we start saying, well, let's outlaw the guns, you know, I talked about the number four buckshot that I used in Vietnam. Yeah. And that's what I chose to fight with and that's what saved my life. And there it is. Now, where does it stop? He said he knew the guns would be blamed for everything. He said that the worst thing you can do is take away his guns. As horrible as one accidental death is or some tragedy in a church, it pales to insignificance on doing away with guns or restricting our ability to fight with those guns. So after Devin Patrick Kelly, the shooter, comes out of the church, this other guy um, who lived nearby, Stephen Williford, engaged, started engaging with him in gunfire and I think got him in the leg and somewhere else. He ended up getting into a car with uh, another person who was in the area and they pursued Kelly. Um, and Kelly ended up shooting himself in the head. Um, so it wasn't Stephen Williford who who killed him. Um, but there was this narrative that emerged that was like this local citizen with a gun, you know, was a hero, got there before the police did. And who knows, maybe Kelly would have killed more people if he hadn't been stopped by this good Samaritan with a gun. Yeah, and I think that's probably the argument that a lot of people who are in favor of church security teams would latch on to. Um, even if they don't think they could entirely prevent a active shooter, a shooting from happening, they would argue that it would at least mitigate a the damage a shooter could do. But Ken told me that when you have a gun, there's a lot of bad things that can go wrong and very few good things. In a lot of ways, a person carrying a gun who really and truly isn't consistently trained and qualified is kind of like what Bear Bryant used to say about throwing a pass in a football game. He says that 
there's three things can happen, two of them's bad. So, you know, when you've got someone carrying a gun, there's a whole lot of bad things that can happen and very few good things. Phillips reported this piece for The Outline, and you can see video of his church security training experience at theoutline.com. That's it for The Dispatch. We're here four days a week, Monday through Thursday. You can subscribe to get the show each morning anywhere you find podcasts. I'm Adrienne Jeffries. Thanks for listening. Back with more stories tomorrow.